0: Here's a common scenario that we see. You've gone to the effort and expense to develop your SaaS buyer personas. You've created content for your ads and web pages that's meant to appeal to them. But despite this effort, your conversion rates remain the same. So what's going on? Well, based on our experience of working with many dozens of SaaS companies, one of the reasons for this is that with multiple personas in hand, It's easy to fall into the trap of trying to appeal to each of the stakeholders in your target audience at the same time. When you do this, your messaging and content are diluted to such an extent that they are less compelling for all of the individual personas. Instead of really resonating with any of them, your content and messaging fall short with all of them. Hence the low conversion rates. Now in this episode, We're gonna walk you through our approach for how to implement your SaaS company's persona so that they actually work for you. But before we cover our approach, we have to give a hat tip to the person and concept that our approach is modeled after. Clay Collins' concept, The Five Ones. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm gonna talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com. And check us out there. Clay Collins famously talked about the concept that the best way to grow a SaaS business is to focus on five ones. One target market, one product, one conversion tool, one traffic source for one year. Clay's five ones concept inspired our own approach to implementing personas, which involves figuring out which persona SaaS marketing team should target first and gaining traction with them before moving on to the target next persona. The four key steps to implement your SaaS buyer personas. Marketing strategies that target multiple personas require a holistic approach. Every element of your marketing, from Google ads to social media ads to SEO and content marketing needs to be tailored to the personas you choose to target. But if your website isn't set up right, the rest of your efforts are likely to fall short. So it's essential to get your website set up to properly target your personas. Now, we've covered that in another episode on SaaS website best practices. There's also a blog on our website by the same name but we like to think about buyer personas as follows. The check signer, the daily user, and the manager. Let's dig a little into that now. Depending on the company size of your target customer, these avatars can be three separate people, or one to two people wearing multiple hats. More on how to navigate this in a moment. While it might seem like the check signer is the obvious first persona to target, the daily users and managers are usually the ones out searching for your SaaS product first. For example, when we began working with Touch Bistro, they'd been targeting restaurant owners, the check signer, and were seeing sub-par results with their paid ads. Now By switching to target servers instead, who ended up being the daily user, we saw an increase of 200% in leads. Before we dig into our process for choosing who to target first, Let's look at these users more closely. The daily user generally wants a product that's easy to use, saves them time, and helps them be more efficient. The manager has standards that they need to maintain in their areas of responsibility. They typically want things like alerts, reports, and updates to measure progress. The check signer is mainly concerned with gaining insights that help with decision-making, and seeing that their ROI makes the cost of your product worth it. Which brings us to step one in the process. Step one is how to decide which persona to target first. The way we begin to figure out who to target first is by interviewing our SaaS clients to learn who are their existing customers, who was the first person they were talking with, what was the engagement process like when they converted. Now we'll talk to their sales team and we'll also look at their CRM to cross-check and make sure that the perspectives of the team match the data they've collected. From there, we'll identify which job titles are showing up the most, which will help to inform the persona that we should start with. Now, if you sell to larger companies, often the initial target buyer will be either the manager or the daily user. And there are a number of common ways initial engagements can play out. Consider these scenarios. Scenario one, the daily user has a problem, discovers your solution, and calls you directly. Scenario number two, the daily user has a problem, discovers your solution, and brings it to their manager who calls you directly. And scenario number three, the manager has a problem, discovers your solution, and calls you directly. If scenario number one and scenario number three are the most common cases that you see in your CRM, things are more straightforward about who to target. But if scenario number two is the most common case leading to sales calls, From the surface, it might look like you should target the person who called you. That's the manager. But you'd actually want to start with the daily user because they were the one who discovered you to begin with. And they're the one whose problem you actually solve. Now a note here on how to discover the truth in scenario number two. When you're on sales calls, by asking a question like, so how'd you find us? It can help uncover whether the person you're talking to found you or if it came to them from another source. It's when you sell to smaller businesses that you encounter the multiple hats scenario, where one person, often the business owner, will play the role of two or all three of the personas. In this situation, you want to try and figure out what percentage of their day do they spend in each of the persona roles, so check signer mode, manager mode, and daily user mode, and for the pain points your product solves, which persona are they most directly related to? And that's step number two in the process. Step two, decide which problem to target first. The inverse of that problem will be your one promise. The first thing that we do with clients to identify which problem to target first is look at their demo qualification process. We look at what questions they ask to determine if a prospect has a pain point that their product solves, which usually will help us identify which problem to go after. If our client doesn't have a well-developed qualification process, we'll use two other resources to help pinpoint the problem. Number one is competitors. What are the feature and benefits pages of competitors saying? Number two, reviews. What are the reviews both of the client and their competitors on sites like G2 or Capterra saying? If you can figure out what people are actually saying they like about your product or your competitors products, The problems you are solving for them would be the inverse of those things. So if you sell reporting software, the most common thing your customers say they like about your product is that it saves them time from manual reporting, for example. You might determine then that the biggest pain point and the first one to target is spending hours every week tediously creating manual reports. The question you have to also ask here is what if there are multiple problems to choose from? Many SaaS services solve multiple problems and it's extremely common for companies to struggle with choosing a single problem to focus on. Now despite this, if you're serious about putting your personas to work so your messaging and content compel your first target persona, you need to have a decision-making process for choosing the one problem. Let's say you've identified three big problems. Lay the three problems out on the table and ask yourself, If you absolutely had to get rid of one and narrow it down to two problems, which one would you get rid of? Then, with the remaining two problems, do this again. If you absolutely had to get rid of one of these problems, what would be left? Once you've narrowed your focus down to one problem, the inverse of the problem is the promise that you make. To continue with our reporting software example from earlier in the episode, if the problem is hours spent manually compiling client reports each week, your promise might be save three plus hours each week with our automated reporting software. That's pretty compelling because with your one persona, one problem, and one promise in hand, your next step is to set up and launch campaigns to target that first person. Step three, set up and launch your campaign to target your first persona. All of the work has been done so far to inform what you'll say in your ads, in your copy, in your content, what lead magnets you'll develop for prospects who are early in the buyer's journey, and what your lead magnet and demo landing pages might say. Now, the advantage of creating these assets with one person, problem and promise in mind is that you can create focused, compelling messaging around a value proposition that will resonate with your first target buyer. There is a lot that goes into setting up and launching your campaigns successfully once you reach this point. And we've already explained our process for testing paid media channels in detail in a previous episode, so you can get that step right easily. Only when we've gained traction with this first persona will we launch campaigns targeted at the second persona. Let's talk about that now, because that's step four. The key metric we use to decide when it's time to add in campaigns that target the second most important persona is lead velocity. And once we see that our client's pipeline filling up with qualified prospects and we see trial downloads or demos have increased too, it's usually a good indicator that targeting a second persona can now add value to our marketing efforts. Another indicator that it's time to add in a second persona is if multiple personas are beginning to show up more in sales conversations. For example, if you start with targeting the manager and you find the check signers are consistently coming along too, it's probably time to begin creating ads and content that help them understand what you offer. This way, when they're involved in sales conversations, they're more likely to be familiar with your service, and you can avoid the problem that comes up when managers are the ones telling the story of your product instead of you, often not describing it how you'd want them to either quick note here. When we begin targeting multiple personas, each has their own ad copy, content and landing page that is specific to that persona and their pain points. The point is not to begin targeting them together, making the mistake this entire process is meant to avoid in the first place. Let's pull this all together here. It's one thing to have personas developed, and it's another thing to have them clearly and crisply mapped out on both your website and your advertising so that you don't dilute your marketing efforts by trying to appeal to multiple personas with the same messaging. By intentionally creating web pages and ads that target a single persona, and by focusing on gaining traction with one persona at a time, you can make your B2B SaaS personas actually work for you, as opposed to just having them vaguely guide your marketing efforts. And I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at IamMarkThomas, that's Mark with a C, or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.